Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Even in our culture, it would seem like he's beating a dead horse on this chapter, but uh, I think we have some nuggets in there. And I also want to encourage you, uh, I'm going to be asking a question after the first six verses about how do you cast down arguments, if you do, and um, that way we can all be edified and uplifted. I'm sure different people do it different ways. But uh, you should have a handout. We don't have any PowerPoint today. We're going to be uh, reading from First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 10. And this time it's going to be in the J.B. Phillips translation. I thought it was a very sensible translation, and I think it will help uh, take us where we want to go here. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to read the first six verses, okay? If you don't happen to have one, there's one by the door. So anyway, starting with verse one. Now, I'm going to appeal to you personally by the gentleness and sympathy of Christ himself. Yes. I, Paul, the one who was humble enough in our presence, but outspoken when away from us, am begging you to make it unnecessary for me to be outspoken and stern in your presence. For I am afraid, otherwise, that I shall have to do some plain speaking to those of you who will persist in reckoning that our activities are on the purely human level. The truth is that, although, of course, we lead normal human lives, Amen. The battle we are fighting is on the spiritual level. The very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful in God's warfare for the destruction of the enemy's stronghold. Our battle is to bring down every deceptive fantasy and every imposing defense that men erect against the true knowledge of God. We even fight to capture every thought until it it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Once we are sure of your obedience, we shall not shrink from dealing with those who refuse to obey. I want to hop to Ephesians 6 for a little uh, refresher here. Uh, 6, uh, let's see. Let's start with verse 11 and, and go through 13. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13 in the King James. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And just as a side note, that withstand is a, a Greek word that if we would look at it, it looks like antihistamine, and it's like, it's a, against, and then to cause to sand. So it's like a vigorous opposing of something so that you can stand. And so I want to open it up right now. How do you cast down imaginations? Can I have some feedback? I have the Lord to help me knock it down. Say that again. I have, when my mind starts wandering, 
away from what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like, Lord, help me cast it down. Mm -hmm. And how does then what's the next step that happens in your life? So you say you ask the Lord to help me cast it down. So in your experience, does like a scripture pop up or do you just have the ability to say no to that? Yeah, I just have the ability to say no. You have the ability to say no. And get myself back into a Back focus, in alignment. Like focus. Keep my focus on the Keeping Lord. Keeping your focus on the Lord. Instead of stuff that keeps sliding. Yeah. Making me slide. Okay. Like, That's focus. good. That's good. Somebody else. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. That's really good, too. Yeah. 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 I do that a lot of times in, in certain situations because it, it disarms my mind for some reason. Because sometimes my mind will be, they'll just get on this continuous loop and it won't stop, you know. And so I find if I uh, pray in the Spirit, it actually disarms that and just causes me to stay at peace. Somebody else? Yeah, it's the Word of God. You okay. know, is when I, He attacks us in our mind, our thoughts, you know, and which leads to feelings, which leads to whatever it, He's after. But, yeah, when you get, or when I get a... Um, something that's just dishonoring to me as the image of God or God himself, then I start doing what Jesus did, and that is quoting scripture that I know, you know, works beyond my abilities. Mm -hmm. And um, and that usually does take care of that, you know, is to focus on the word of God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that's, that's pretty much what I do. And another thing is I praise. I start singing a song, just like the song we sang this morning. Yeah. I love you, Lord. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many times mm-hmm. I sing that song. It was so delightful to hear it again. So you do uh, scriptures spontaneously come to your heart yes. and mind. But you have to know it to and, say it. Yeah, know <laughs> it to say it. Okay, that's good. Or And or praise. Praise. Okay, somebody else. Steve, yeah, maybe? Yeah, starts. Um, like to go off the praise starts with gratitude. Mm-hmm. So have an appreciation story. You start with what you appreciate because that's how we enter his presence. Yeah. Then his presence, because um, you read it, like the sword of the spirit, it's the rainbow word, the declaration, the loving declaration, which in Jesus' case, like you said, when she, he battled the devil, he was declaring written scripture. Yeah. So I always make it clear, rainbow doesn't mean just vocal. It's any declaration of God. Amen. But if I if I first enter gratitude, it helps me get quiet enough so I can hear. Then I just ask, Jesus, what are you declaring over this situation? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm talking to somebody, they can do like you were reading earlier. Paul is basically saying, here are these eloquent people. Yeah. And they do these eloquent, complicated things, and they're leading you astray. I speak plainly, which I think sometimes Peter would disagree because he even wrote. Paul sometimes doesn't speak so plainly. <laughs> but... But at least in Paul's mind, he was. Yeah. But the whole idea of, okay, God, rather than get caught up in this lofty argument, give me the word that goes to the heart. Because as chapter 4 says, um, the enemy clouds or veils our understanding, mm-hmm. but the, the light of Christ shines on our hearts, and we see the glory of God in the face of Christ. That exactly. comes, so that comes before understanding. So attacking, trying to go all on mental doesn't work. You have to deal with Jesus, what is the heart question I can ask? Or what is the heart thing you're declaring? Right. You have to start there before you can understand anything. 
That is so good, and that saves me from reading 1 Corinthians uh, 4, because you just mentioned it. Uh, so that's great. Does anyone else have a way that they cast down imaginations, how they take care of that in the spiritual realm? I don't want to miss anybody. It's, uh, it's not a one-time deal. It's not something you get over with forever. It's, it's why Paul, in just read Ephesians, said we war. Yeah. We war forever. Yes. We war forever. That we, is true. We will not. Jesus did not remove, when he arose from the grave, he did not remove principalities and powers from their position. He gave us authority to a point, and things like in our imagination, for some, it will be an everyday, all day struggle. And the key is don't give up. Don't give up. Amen. That's excellent. And I see some people shaking their head yes and in agreement, total agreement. That wrestle can be a face-to-face -face thing and it can also be very violent. Sometimes uh, for some of us, depending on like what the situation is, we might be able to just attack it with the word or, or praise. But sometimes, uh, like uh, Jerry was saying, that it's an ongoing thing. Sometimes it might go on all day, depending on what it is. I remember one of my favorite scriptures uh, is Psalms 119, 165, and it says, Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing causes them to stumble. That's King James, because that was what we memorized in back in the day. And uh, such, and sometimes just saying that over and over, you know, it's like I'm saying to myself, I am choosing not to be offended. I'm not denying the fact that it was presented, but I am choosing not to be offended. But if that doesn't work, I might try any and all of the above that was shared. So that's really good. Thank you guys for participating. That was like awesome. So let's go on to uh, verses 7 through 11. I like these little headings that are in the Phillips translation too. It's like, it's so funny because Paul was highly trained, highly eloquent. He was a lawyer in his own right in, in their culture. And it says, I really am a Christian, you know? You know, it just makes me laugh. But anyway, I laugh at funny things. Anyway, starting with verse seven, do look at things which stare you in the face. So-and-so considers himself to belong to Christ. All right, but let him reflect that we belong to Christ every bit as much as he. You may think that I have boasted unduly of my authority, which the Lord gave me, remember, to build you up, not to break you down. But I don't think I have done anything to be ashamed of. Yet, I don't want you to think of me merely as the man who writes you terrifying letters. I know my critics say... His letters are impressive and moving, but his actual presence is feeble, and his speaking is beneath contempt. Let them realize that we can be just as impressive and moving in person as they say we are in our letters. I love it. I love it. And as I was even just like meditating again for the probably fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth time on this chapter, when I was reading this uh, verse 7, do look at things which stare you in the face. And I was reminded by the Lord, I felt like it was really the Holy Spirit talking to me that pay attention 
you know, a lot of times when the Lord's trying to teach us, the Bible says first comes the natural, then comes the spirit. So sometimes when things are happening in the natural, pay attention. Because like to us, it's a real big deal for a burning bush in a desert that's not being consumed. Well, in Moses' culture, that was an everyday occurrence. It, what was amazing about it was that he even turned his head to look at a bush that was burning because it was like regular, everyday things. And I think so many times we miss that opportunity to, to benefit from what the Lord's speaking to us as through our eye gates in our day-to-day -day life. What is the Lord speaking? What is he saying? And so I wanted to remind myself of that and, and uh, you, of course, as well. I want to go to John 7, verse 24. John 7, verse 24. <clears throat> and he's in the middle of a discourse uh, saying a lot. He's talking about circumcision and Sabbath. And then he, then he goes on in uh, verse 24 to say, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Now that might sound like that it's contradicting what I just say, said about looking in the natural, but I'm, I'm saying like looking at the natural more recognizing that the Lord is in your heart and that he might want to speak to you. And that scripture is recognizing more just taking things at, at face value, maybe from a fleshly or a carnal outlook. Like someone looks like, you know, they're homeless or this or that or whatever. I know this is a, a bad example, not a good illustration, but it's the only one that's coming to my mind. When really maybe that person is an actor and they're just, they're just trying to get the vibe going and whatever. But if we look purely by appearance, we might just think, Oh, they're probably strung out on drugs, can't keep a job, and they're homeless, you know, kind of thing. So the Lord is encouraging us, don't be judging things after the natural. And then also realize that while you might be having natural conflict, whatever it is, or you might be having enemies in the natural, whoever they are, recognize that really we, we are not just human beings. We are spirit beings that happen to be housed in, in, a, in a human body. And to recognize that there many times are spiritual forces going on. And to, to be aware of that. Ask the Lord about it. And as um, uh, Pastor Steve was saying uh, a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? And then I think uh, Pastor Linda also pointed out that a lot of this is circular. He's, he's talking again about his apostolic authority, which he's already mentioned specifically once in a little bit the last time, the last week, and now he's mentioning it again, and um, to recognize that, okay, this was a letter, it's a bit circular, but he's trying to get his point across. So let's go on to um, verses 12 through 16 in the Phillips translation. Of course, we shouldn't dare include ourselves in the same class as those who write their own testimonials <laughs> or even to compare ourselves with them. All they are doing, of course, is to measure themselves by their own standards or by comparisons within their own circle 
And that doesn't make for accurate estimation, you may be sure. No, we shall not make any wild claims, but simply judge ourselves by that line of duty which God has marked for us, and that line includes our work on your behalf. We do not exceed our duty when we embrace your interests, for it was our preaching of the gospel which brought us into contact with you. Our pride is not in matters beyond our proper sphere, not in the labors of other men. No, our, our hope is that your growing faith will mean the expansion of our sphere of action, so that before long we shall be preaching the gospel in districts beyond you, instead of being proud of work that has already been done in someone else's province. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. It is not self-commendation that matters. It is winning the approval of God. Amen. I want to go to Second um, Corinthians uh, 5.12 here. He says, uh, he says earlier, so we have went over this before, but he is repeating it again, maybe using just a little bit different words, but not really that much. First um, Corinthians 5.12 in the King James, it says, For we do not <clears throat> command ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So, Again, that circular idea is mentioned again in chapter 10, where we're at today. And then um, let's hop on to uh, Romans 15.20. Romans 15.20, which says, And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. So in this uh, chapter, he's saying, I, I, have, I have authority to build you up. I even have authority to boast in this sphere. And I'm not bothering to boast in any other sphere but the sphere that God has given to me. And um, so... He said that there earlier that we just read in Romans, and now uh, we're hearing it again in 2 Corinthians 10. Um, let's see. I thought these were good. So um, Proverbs 27.2. I feel like I'm in children's church and I'm doing sword drills. This is the way we would do it. And whoever got it first would stand up and they got a prize. I don't remember what the prize was, but. Oreo cookie. What? Oreo cookie. Could have been an Oreo That's cookie, which we have plenty of back there. Yeah. Might have been a, a piece of hard candy as well. Back in the olden days, I think they used that a lot for the kids. So Proverbs 27 2 says, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. And um, so I thought, thought that was good, and I thought it was like a little tongue-in-cheek there where he's saying, you know, 
I'm not going to be like these people who make their own testimonials because you see a lot of that like on social media and stuff. And, and so anyway, it was, it was very interesting to me how apropos it was even for today. So this is it for what I have for First Corinthians 10. I'm, I'm wondering, is there any comments or anything that the Lord was showing you uh, in addition to what you've already shared, which has been great? So is there anything else that you'd like to comment on? Lorraine? We are to use our gifts for the glory of God. And if we're not using them, we're not using all he has equipped us with. That's awesome. Yes. We need to be using our gifts. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's transition to communion time. found the scripture that I don't believe that I've ever read before here. It, it's in 1 Corinthians, and there's two places where communion is in 1 Corinthians, so I thought it was kind of neat to keep it in Corinth right now. But anyway, so Jared, if you want to go ahead and come up, um, that's cool too. It'll be very brief. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading today from 1 Corinthians 10, 14 through 18. Uh, sorry, I don't know what version it is. I didn't look. I just printed it. So, Paul's, uh, Paul's saying to the Corinth church, uh, starting with verse 14, So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourself if what I am saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? So let's come and get our communion elements so that we don't forget them like I did last time. And, uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Father God, that you said that when we break bread, that we are sharing in the body of Christ. And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Thank you, Lord, that even participating in this moment, that we are united. Because this is a covenant, and it's a sacrifice that's pleasing to you. Take and eat your bread. And Father God, we thank you. We bless this cup 
we bless uh, the blood of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you shed your blood. Thank you that you came and rose again. Thank you that we uh, can successfully wrestle in our spiritual warfare, not out of a place of having to try to get there to the victory, but that we can wrestle from a place of victory, that we can insist on the victory, and that we can glorify you in all of this. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.